right, everybody. It is good to have you. How many has taken this week to focus in on Jesus and not food? Amen? Amen. How many love fasting? That's what I thought. This is why it's called a spiritual discipline. You know, when you discipline your child, no child goes, oh, daddy, discipline me. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's a discipline. It's not easy to fast. And, and this week, um, I had a good experience fasting, just taking time, seeking the presence of the Lord. And, um, and then my wife, she, um, she decided that we were going to make some stew, some venison stew, which was great. And um, I'm not eating meat and stuff like that right now. But she ended up thawing out the best parts of the deer. And she, she thought it was the stew meat, it was the tenderloin medallions. And so I have to confess um, to the church that I cooked up these tenderloin medallions for my family. And, and I was going to be strong. And I was going to be bold. And I wasn't going to... And I, I, I ate it. I, I did. But that was it. So it wasn't, it wasn't a complete... And so listen, if you're fasting and there's a point where you're like, oh my gosh, I've messed this... No, just just... God today and this from here forward, seeking the face of the Lord. You know what I mean? And so, um, but I will tell you, I was thanking God with every bite of that. It was, it was, it was glorious. And, um, and, and, and it led me to think about our word for 2019 because I wanted more. But I didn't let myself have more. But boy, I did want some more. Everybody in here, just shout the word more. Yeah, man, last week, I was so blessed as your pastor just to, to hear how our body responded to this word over our house, this word concerning more, that, that we want to be a people in 2019 that go after God more, that we experience more of God, that we want to be a people that do more for God, amen, and that we want to be a people who expect more from God. And, and last week at different times, I would just talk with different people and I would begin to hear in their verbiage, this anticipation for more. And I think the heavenly father is pleased. I do. I think the heavenly father that loves to reward his children, I believe he's pleased. I think he's looking at a, a group of people that are going to posture themselves this year to walk in more. And because of that, we'll experience more of him, more for him. And yes, more, everybody say more from him. If you weren't here last week, just to give you that little recap, we looked at how God is the El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient one. Uh, one theologian will say this, that he is the God of more than enough. That's kind of how you look at this idea of the El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is more, everybody say more than enough. Yeah, and so last week I challenged you, it's not a God issue that we have when it comes to dealing with more, to posture ourselves in a way that we can receive all that you have for us, to walk in what you have, to experience more of your presence, and so on. It's a capacity, shout capacity. It's a capacity issue because we already have what we need for more. I told you that last week, we already have what we need for more, we just need to walk in it. We just need to walk after it. We just need to pursue him and what he desires to do in us. We don't have a receiving from God issue. You know that? No, no, we have a capacity issue. We, we don't have a doing more for God issue. Not a single person in here has a doing more for God issue. You know what our issue is? is capacity. We have a capacity issue. I want to do more, but 
the capacity. How do I find time to do more? I want to do more, but the resources, how, how do I apply myself to more? So when it comes to doing more, it's not a, 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 a doing more issue. It's not a receiving issue. It's a capacity issue. We don't even have an experience more of God issue. How many know his presence is always around you? Amen? And I know as Pentecostals, it's so quick for us to say, come Holy Spirit. He's already here. We go through our lives and, and, and we lift our hands to the heavens and we, God, show, he's showing up. He's right there in that car with you. He's right there in your bathroom as you brush your teeth. You know, he's right there as you put your head at the pillow at night and you begin to go to sleep. Man, his presence is there and it's your capacity thing. God, I know you're there. I just want to experience more of you. I want my capacity to increase for what you have. And, and um, this week, I had got another deer, and Amy and I had, she got a toy for Christmas, a KitchenAid. It's not a toy, it's a tool. <laughs> Every woman's like, that ain't a toy, that's a tool. You know, men have like Black & Decker and Milwaukee and, and all that good stuff, and, and they have KitchenAid. And so... And, and, and then I needed a toy to go along with it, so I bought a meat processor. That thing's awesome. How many, is that, do you have anybody have one of those? Fun, fun. And you're like, young, all the 20-somethings are like, yes, you're old now, pastor. When, <laughs> when processing meat is fun, you have officially become old. But, um, but we ended up getting this thing, and, um, and we decided we were going to make our own deer sausage for the first time, you know? And, and there's these natural casings that are just disgusting. You know, it's basically, it's chitlins is what it is. When I saw it, I was like, my grandma used to eat those things. But, but, but that's a whole other, that's a Kentucky story. And so <laughs> looking at this mess of stuff, you know, we, we, you, you put it on, you slide it up onto this device, and then, and then you start pushing this meat through, and it starts filling this casing up casing. A cake, hog intestine is what it is. <laughs> Not real kosher. I'm glad it says casings. That just sounds better than intestines. But here's what I found out with it. If I stayed engaged, it got more full. You know, if, if I stopped staying engaged, it just kind of shot the stuff into it. And next thing you know, it's getting, it's going, and next, and you've got these little tiny finger links. No, I want kielbasa. I want, I want big, nice links, you know. And as long as I stay engaged, it just fills up. And I'm telling you right now, our responsibility when it comes to capacity, everybody is to stay engaged. It's to, stay, it's, it's to create capacity by staying put. Create capacity by connecting with what God wants in that moment and refusing to run on with my day. Refusing to run on with my agenda. Refusing to run on with my desires. But Lord God, I'm standing right here. My dad would say it this way. I'm standing right here at the spout where the glory comes out. You've heard the old preacher say that, you know. I'm staying around, I'm engaging in that capacity. And it blew my mind how much that casing can receive. And that's just hog intestine. You'll never forget this point. You're the righteousness of God. You're the seed of Abraham. You are the one that's the head and not the tail. The one that's above and not beneath. You're the apex of God's creation. You're not just some piece of nothing. No. If God can, can create that to receive, I'm telling you, I know you can receive as well. Amen? And he's got a whole lot more better stuff to fill you up with than Amy and I's deer sausage. All right. So what keeps us? 
that's my future, our future grandmother-in-law. I'm not sure how that works if you call it that, but, but, um, but <clears throat> so, so what keeps us from experiencing more, that more that God has to offer, that more out of life that I believe God wants to be a mandate on the house of Momentum Church, that he wants experiencing, people can find more. What keeps us in our personal lives and in our church from experiencing more? What is it? Before we finish today, I want to be able to look at the number one reason why we don't see more in our lives. So before we finish today, we're going to see that number one reason why we are minimizing our capacity, why we don't see it. I want us to stand to our feet, turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. This will be familiar because this is the passage of scripture that we were in last week. And as we were in this passage last week, we saw a woman who her husband had been very faithful. He had served the Lord with everything that he has, and now he has passed. And upon passing, the debtors have come against her. She is growing deeper in debt, deeper in issues that she has. And now the creditors are coming, and they want to take her sons and make them slaves. And she's frustrated as all get out. She looks to the prophet Elisha, and she says, what are you going to do about this? And this is our sermon last week. What are you going to do about it? And he looked to her and said, what do you have? have in the house? What do you have at your disposal? What can you get your hands on? What can you move in? And if you missed last Sunday, I said it this way, that you already have what you need to walk in more. Amen? How, how many of that resonated this week in your mind? Yeah, yeah, I know for me it did. It's just that, that, that concept, that thought. I already have what I need. I know what pastor needs to walk in excellence. I know what I need to push aside to walk in excellence. I don't need a coach to tell me it, although I appreciate coaches. I don't need a spouse to tell me it, although I appreciate my wife. But when it comes down to it, I know what I need. I just need to create the capacity for it. And so let's go on with this passage of scripture. Let's look down here in verse, um, let's go to verse three. Then he said, go outside. Everybody shout, go. go. Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few. Then go, shout go. go. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. Next verse says, so she went from him, and she shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, that's a good day, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing, and she came to the man of God, and he said, go. Shout, go. go. She said, go. He said, go, sell the oil, and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you teach us today that simple more that you have that we can step into that will increase capacity in our life for the more that you have mandated upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and have your seats. Yeah, God, I believe he does. He wants more for you in 2019. But I told you last week, not only does he want more for you, he wants more from you. This isn't just a bless me type series. This is a responsibility type series. And I want to look at that because this woman, she could have stopped listening to the voice of God, but she then she was determined to hear what the prophet was saying in her anger, in her frustration, in her um, um, discouragement, you know? And there's people in this room right now that when I speak of more and a blessing and what God could do in this year in your life, man, that discouragement rises up strong. 
you know? God, I, I was believing in 2018, and I didn't see that manifest. Whew. And that discouragement just kind of gets upon you, you know? I, I get that. I understand that. I, 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 that, that breaks my heart because I've been there, you know? I, I, I get it. But this woman, in the middle of it, she went to the prophet to find her word. She didn't just run and reject the voice of the Lord. She didn't run and reject the house of God, if you will. She ran and asked the prophet, what can you do for me? And he begins to teach into it a little bit about the idea that what you need, you already have. And she responded. And I love this. What her response was, was to do what the prophet said. What her response was, was to heed the voice. Let's say it this way, heed the voice of the Lord. To, 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 to do what he said. She responded when Elisha said go. I want you to not miss this, okay? In, in 2 Kings 4, verse 3, we saw go outside and borrow vessels. And so what did she do? She went and she borrowed them. And she didn't borrow just a few. She borrowed every vessel she could get her hands on, you know? Go borrow them. And, and not a few. Get all that you can get. And she responded to that word, go. In verse 4, go and shut yourself behind the door and begin to pour into those vessels. What did she do? She responded to that word, go. And she went and did exactly what the prophet told her to do. In verse oil. go. Ever this, after all the vessels are, are full, he says to her, go sell the oil. Go. Every shout, go. Go sell the oil, pay off your debt, live on the rest. In other words, there's more than enough. But it's on the backside of her responding to Elisha saying, go, that she began to walk in what God had. You ready? Listen, listen, everybody drawing close. All right. The number one reason we don't see more in our lives is that we call ourselves Christians, but we don't embrace the mandate of the disciple. Let me say it again. The number one reason that we don't see that increased capacity in our life, we don't walk in all that God wants us to walk in, is we call ourselves a believer. We call ourselves a Christian, but we don't walk in the mandate of the disciple. It wasn't something that kept itself very hidden from me. As I began to study this passage out in preparation for this, I kept seeing the word go, 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 every shout go. And all I could think about was how Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 or in Matthew 28, the end of, of the passage of Scripture, when he's ready to leave, he says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go, baptize them. Go, preach the gospel. Go, cast out devils. Go, heal the sick. Everybody shout, go. go. That word go is the mandate of the disciple. Amen? Amen? I'm, I'm, let me break this down a little bit. The reason why it's the mandate of the disciple is a, a rabbi, a teacher of that time, would say, follow me. Like Jesus said, come follow me, all right? So there's this implied mandate to go, you know? And even one guy said, you know what? I, I don't, I, I got to bury my dad. I got to do this. I got to do that. No, no, no. Let the dead bury the dead. You go. Come on. We're doing this right now. There's always the mandate on a disciple to go. Disciples follow close to the rabbi. Disciples, not, not just somebody that believes, because you can believe a lot of stuff. Guess what? Satan believes. Scripture says he believes. Is he a disciple? No. And so a disciple is somebody who has embraced the mandate of the rabbi to go. So when the rabbi says go, the disciples say where, 
right? When the, when, when the rabbi says go, the disciples say when. When the rabbi says go, the disciple says, what would you have me to do, sir? Well, this sounds like legalism. No, it sounds like relationship, you know? Sounds like relationship. Sounds like I'm ever so ever close to my rabbi, to my to my Jesus, that when he begins to speak, I begin to respond. What is that? When he begins to speak and give me a mandate, give me a go, I begin to say, Yes, sir. What does that look like in my life? Not how can your stuff fit into my life? No, no, how can my life fit into your desires? How can I create capacity for what you desire to do? That's the key to increased capacity. Listen, decide to live responding to the call of the disciple, and then you'll watch your capacity for more of God, more from God, and more for God increase. I believe it with all my heart. This woman saw a capacity to have her needs met, but only came on the backside of her responding to three separate goes. Had she stopped at any of those goes, would she have walked in what God desired her to walk in? No. You know, I mean, like she's broke, and now here's a go. Go get some vessels. Well, I don't want to get any vessels. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get it, God. Why would you want me to do that? Well, because sometimes God will tell you something under prophetic unction that you just won't get in the moment, you know? A divine word comes straight from his throne into your heart. God, I don't get that. That's all right, you know? Go, respond. And then in the midst of responding, guess what? Now I got some vessels to work with. Now I got some stuff. And then go, shut the door, you know? Then finally go, sell the stuff. It's not enough just to shut the door and I got all these vessels full. I've got so much. Church is all about me. Look at all I have. I've got so much. No, no, so much in your house isn't doing anything if it doesn't get out of your house, you know. And then finally that third, just go sell the stuff. Pay your bills, you know. It's like it's just me and Jesus. I'm just giving everything to missions. Just giving everything to the throne. Just giving everything to God. No, pay some bills, we, 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 we want you to be heavenly minded, but also earthly good too, right? Pay some bills. And if you got more than enough, pay somebody else's bills. Amen? I, I was expecting some other people to be like, real amen, like over here, <laughs> you know. But, <coughs> excuse me. So it's a capacity issue, but I believe that capacity issue is solved by a response to go. Every one of the disciples of Jesus had a capacity issue. Do you know that? Every single one of them, but their response to go is what positioned themselves to walk in the more that Jesus had for them. His group was a ragtag bunch of fellas, but oh, God used them so powerfully, so amazing. In spite of all their flaws, God gave them more in and through them. Amen? Next week, we're going to look a little bit at what that looks like. We're going to see next week how God's touch on the disciples' lives bridged their capacity issues. Because every one of us in this room, we have capacity issues. And next week, we'll look at how that touch of the Lord upon us starts to bridge those capacity issues. I don't know about you, like a vessel will hold water. That's capacity. To be able to have that maximum holding of water is capacity. This vessel leaks. How many vessels leak in the house? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I leak anger. 
Sometimes I leak judgment. Sometimes I, I leak lust. Sometimes I leak um, a pride. Sometimes I leak, how many here leak? Amen? Tell me what you leak. I want to hear it. Now, we all, we all leak. Every single one of us. We struggle with that. So it's not a capacity issue. It's not. It's a go issue. Continue to move in what God has. In this narrative, we see this woman leaking. We see this woman literally hemorrhaging and bleeding out financially. She is leaking like you can't imagine in this moment. And with it, the first thing that we see is for her to go outside. I love this. She has to go beyond herself. She has to get away from what she understands, away from what she has her hands on. And she has to get out there in that place of of faith. You know, does she know if her neighbors would give her vessels? No, not necessarily. But she had to go outside of her situation, not just sit in her situation. Not just um, um, stay put in that struggle, that depression, that anger, that lust, whatever it was. But no, she had to go outside to collect the opportunity to increase her capacity. And I'm challenging you to do the same. Disciples will go right? There's this response that we see to this woman to just respond to what he says. He says, go get vessels. And she says, okay. All right. That's fun. All right. I'm going to keep preaching my ADD. That's that's not good. How many here like the helicopter's coming? Amen. All right. Hey, perfect. Man, give... That was awesome. You guys fixed that so quick. Those guys in the back worked so stinking hard. You don't even realize it. So, so good. So, all right, when it comes to this, um, disciples, they, they follow. Disciples, they go. Disciples respond to the voice of the one that's leading them. The voice for us is the voice of the Lord. And, and I love that. We respond. Why? Because it shows that we have an understanding of responsibility. Increased capacity is a responsibility issue. It is. A lot of times in ministry, people will complain about things, you know, and you'll tell them the medicine that will fix their issue, and they refuse to take that medicine. They refuse to take it. One of my closest friends, I love him dearly, and it's one of those things where he drives me crazy because every complaint about the world, humanity, and life in general, the church has an answer to. Every frustration he walks in, Jesus has an answer to, but he doesn't want it from Jesus. Doesn't want it from the community that happens in the fellowship of believers. Doesn't want it from, wants some magic superstitious pill to fix things. No, no, there's a responsibility for us to partake in what God says here. This will bring more. And so she took that responsibility, and she went out, and she did what only she could do. So that's the first thing. You have what you need already. You have to do what only you can do. There's some things, if you want to increase capacity, there's some things that you need to do what only you can do. Say that. Say, I will do what only I can do. Nobody You don't have to repeat this. Nobody can go to the gym for me. That would be an awesome job, though. Wouldn't that be cool? You figure out how to sell that. You will be a billionaire, you know? I will go to the gym for you. You watch as I run, and you get in shape. (laughs) Billions. 
billions, you know? That'd be awesome. I mean, I would like to, hmm, I'm going to ask the Lord for wisdom if, if that's even, po- I don't think it's possible. I don't think it's possible. But no, you, you, there's things that only you can do. You've got to go get the vessels. You've got to go prepare. You've got to go to college. You've got to, whatever it might be, the Lord's saying, you got to do this. Go, do it. You know, young people, it might be something through the voice of your parent saying to you, go, 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 go. And you're hearing that from your parent. And, and, and man, you want to discount it, but no, listen, God's mandated them in your life to help you, you know? And so respond to that. There's some things you've got to do that only you can do. To walk in increased capacity for more, there has to be an embracing of responsibility. No one can create capacity for you. No one. This woman, she was given the opportunity by the prophet Elisha, but she had to seize that opportunity can come for more. It can be extended to you, but you have to create the capacity. You have to do what only you can do. And I'm believing prophetically right now as I preach, there's things popping in your mind. Yes, this is what I need to start. This is what I need to do. This is my next step. This is who I need to call. This is who I need to, and so on. Now listen, an opportunity can be presented But you have to make room for that opportunity. And know this, what's so beautiful is that when you do that for the believer, you're not alone. As you start to create room for that opportunity, you're not doing this alone. This more that's coming, it's miraculous. It's not something that you can just make, but you need to be responsible to do what only you can do. The next go that we see in verse 4, it says, go in and shut the door behind you. Shut the door behind you. So you do what only you can do, and then you watch God do what only God can do. Shut the door behind you, and she begins to pour into these vessels. And as a vessel fills, they set it aside, and they fill another vessel. Sounds pretty miraculous, amen? But she came on the backside, though, of her doing what she could do. That's how capacity starts, doing what you can do. The first go, responding to do what only you can do. The second go was for her to shut herself in behind the door. And so the second thing is this. First, do what only you can do. The second is pray for what only God can do. I don't think it's an accident that years later you see this idea of shutting oneself behind the door is how you ought to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward, but when you go and pray, go into your room, everybody shout, shut the door. Yeah, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. Number one, you do what only you can do, but then number two, you pray for what only he can do. And you begin to watch what only he can do. And there's precedence for this. The way you got saved was this precedent. Listen, when it came to salvation, you had to do what only you can do. Nobody could believe for you. Amen? Nobody could. You, you had to believe. Nobody could confess. A few weeks ago, I got to lead a friend to the Lord. I wasn't there when he actually prayed, if you will, that prayer of salvation. I wasn't there. Preached to him for a long time about it. But when it came down to it, I, I even grabbed his shirt the last time I was with him, joking with him. Grab, Dennis, if I could force you to pray this, I'd have you pray it. But it's not magic. But you know enough. And you're going to make this decision on your own. And a week later, he made the decision, and less than a week after that, he was with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. But here's what I'm saying about that. 
it's the same precedence, okay? When it comes down to it, salvation, you have to believe and you have to confess, but then guess what? That's all you can do. God does the rest. He indwells you with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes inside of you, you are regenerated. That means you are made new. You become a new creature, born again. You are a born-again believer, as we say. You're somebody that's like a baby with a fresh start. And listen, there's some people in this room right now. That sounds appealing. I would love to be a baby with a fresh start, minus the diapers. But other than that... To not have one thing credited against me. And guess what? I can't do that for you. But I can show you how. You believe in Jesus as your Savior. You confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And guess what? The Holy Spirit comes. And God does what only God can do. So you do what only you can do. God does what only he can do. And you walk in salvation. You're a new believer. A baby in Christ. Amen? Amen? I believe... Same way when it comes down to the idea of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm saved. Man, I know there's a fullness. There's something more. I want a touch of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I begin to press into the things of God. I begin to empty my desires, my will, my hopes. And that indwelled Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us, you don't get any more of him. But man, he gets more of you. There's a submission that comes, and all of a sudden, he begins to pour up and out and over, and that baptism of power to be a witness for Christ comes. You do what you can do, and he does what only he can do. I would, I would say on, on the 27th of this month, we're having water baptism. If you haven't been baptized, you're not doing what only you can do. You're wanting more, but you're not following to what he said. His first thing said, go and be baptized. For the repentance of sin, go be baptized, you know? And so if you haven't been baptized yet, can I just be honest? With you? It's time to be responsible and be a disciple, which is a follower, and to respond to the go that he said, amen? And so I'm not trying to twist your arm into it. I can't. I can only, you got to do what only you can do. But you watch what he'll do. And I've seen the baptismal waters be a place of deliverance and victory and infilling and strength and power. I've often said that everything God has for you in the next room swings on the hinge of obedience. There's a door between you and it, and you swing that on that hinge of obedience, and you walk right into all that God has. Amen? And so mark your calendar, the 27th of this month, that morning, we're going to have baptism. Go sign up now, et cetera, et cetera, okay? But you do what you can do, and God will do what he can do. And I love that. Go in and shut the foreshadowing to me of what happens in prayer. And I'm going to shut that door, and I'm going to begin to do and sow in and just pour into the things of God and let God begin to do what only God can do. Because I can pour, but I can't fill. Amen? And she started pouring, and God started filling. And I just believe he wants the same for us. Amen? <clears throat> Here's the thing. Listen, go in and shut the door behind you. Everybody shout behind you. Shut the door behind you. There are some things you won't go into this year until you make the decision to shut the door behind you. There's some things God wants you to walk into, but until you shut that door, all right? Where were the creditors? Those that she was in debt to out there, amen? There's some sin that would like to make you think you're still in debt to it, but Jesus paid it all. Sin doesn't have any place. No, no, I shut the door in prayer. Yes, I'm still struggling with that sin, but I shut the door in prayer. Creditor, debtor, you're out there because the oil is pouring in here. But you're out there. It's been paid in full. It's done. Amen. Amen? 
Now, now there's some temptation. That sin, I don't know what that sin looks like. It might knock on the door. Hello. Hello, open the door. We'll have some fun. Let's go run around a little bit. Let's do this, whatever it is. That sin's not, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I don't have time. I'm inside creating capacity. I'm sorry, I don't have time. I'm inside pouring. I'm sorry, the oil's getting deep up in here. I'm sorry. And so just listen, there's some things that in order for you to go in, you're gonna have to shut the door behind you and that's all right, amen? Shout, that's all right. But pastor, I don't know if I have strength to shut those doors. I don't know if I have strength to walk in more. I know I've prayed. I know I just don't know. No, no. All you're responsible for is to go. Matthew 6 says this. Watch this. At the end, when you shut that door and you pray to your father who is in secret, your father who is in secret, he will reward you openly. Sounds like more, amen? That leads us to that final more. Verse 7. That final more was go sell the oil. Do something with what God is doing in your life. Don't, don't, well, when I get more developed, then I'll lead a small group. Well, when I get this squared away in my agenda, then I'll serve. Well, when I this, then I'll give. Well, when I, no, 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 no. God's done enough pouring. Go sell it. Go deal with it. Go do something with what God's pouring into your life. And watch God use that to cover your need, to cover your debt, to cover that lack. Watch him bring the more that you need. That verse 7 was, go sell that oil. Sell it, pay off your creditors, and you and your kids live on the rest. Why? Because he is El Shaddai, the God of shout more than enough. Amen? So my challenge to you is to really this year be a disciple. Be somebody that says, I will go. I will go and I will do what only I can do. I will go and I will pray for what only he can do. And I will go and when he does it, I will do something with the more that he has given me. Amen? That's why we're fasting. That's why we're seeking God. That's why we're, we're placing our hearts right now in this season of submission to the Lord. Because we want to get our capacity increased. We, we want to open wide our hearts to what he wants to do in us. Not as Christians, just the name, but as disciples. Those who follow the voice and the leading of our Lord. Amen? Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, we're going to continue with this fast. Ask the Lord what he needs to show you. What maybe you need to go after. Ask him what he needs to show you. What maybe you need to be pouring from. Maybe you already have gone after what he has and you've already poured and you already have a supply, but you're not doing much with it. Over the next two weeks, the fast ends on the 27th. Lord, what do you want me to do to pour into? What does that look like? Because God, I respond and I recognize that you want more for me, more from me, and that God, you want me to experience more of you. Right now, if you're here and you need that, that new baby experience, I don't know if I'm a believer. I don't know if I've confessed. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm saved, if I have a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, would you hold your hand up? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to see, is there anybody here today that wants to begin a relationship with Jesus? Amen, amen, amen. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I do want more, can you just raise your hand? 
Just raise your hand, every single person. Just anybody you want more. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we set our hearts to be followers. We set our hearts to be disciples. We set our hearts to respond to the mandate of go that you speak, that disciples mandate. We will go when you say go. And we expect in anticipation the Father's reward for your glory and for the good of others. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.